This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Let's welcome in our buddy Matt George, Locked On Kings podcast, ABC 10 podcast. Uh, Matt had a really good podcast last night uh, talking about this game in which he uh, wasn't throwing things or screaming or yelling. And uh, I actually thought, and, and thank you for alerting me to this because it, 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 it put my antennas up a little bit, Matt. I was telling KC a minute ago, I thought the question you asked Mike was really good, and I thought Mike's response was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll let you, you know, walk us through that, but the gist of the question was, you know, uh, is is losing games uh, the way that you did uh, last night, That a, I think the term you used was, is that a necessary evil? Mm-hmm. And I thought Mike's response was great. Yeah, remind me to make sure I touch on this because I thought the I thought there were great moments from last night's press conference, and I thought there was one glaring bad moment from the Kings press conferences last night, and I'll, and I'll address that when I get to it. But I had a, a very response from a lot of people. Like I saw how Kyle Draper started the TV broadcast post game. I saw people on social media reacting, and, and and some of the people reacting inside the Golden One. I had a very different reaction to last night's game. Now I've hit mm. the panic button already this season. Y'all remember early on in the year when the Kings were not playing defense and went well, and mm. I was wondering, okay, like is this team trying to focus so much on on the defensive side that they're losing their offensive touch? Since then, I've I've had those concerns, kind of. Put to breast. Like, I, I know the Kings are going to have bad offensive nights, but I know this team is still very dynamic offensively while the defense is improving. Mm-hmm. But last night to me was not a, oh my God, the Sacramento Kings melted down. Oh man, the Kings are terrible. The Kings are getting blown out for the seventh time this season. Although that is true. Last night was here is a great team, statistically, at least record wise, the best team in the NBA right now. They came into your building and they showed you how far you still have to go. They showed you that Mike has talked so much about good to great and how difficult that is. So that was the preface to my question. Like Mike, the gap looked pretty damn wide tonight mm-hmm. or, or last night. It looked really wide between good and great. And as much as you can preach to the guys in practice, this is what it takes and show them film and, and analyze your Cleveland Cavaliers teams of old and Golden State Warriors teams of old that you mm-hmm. were a part of as a coach. Experiencing a team that not only came in and shorthanded beat you, but a team that beat you on a second night of a back-to-back, which has arguably been your biggest issue so far this season. In three back-to-back games, you've gotten white. 
You have a team come in on the second night of a back-to-back after losing in overtime without their star. They have every reason in the world to hang their heads, and they didn't just beat you. They beat you at your own game by raining down threes and beating you into the fast break with 30 fast break points. A great team came in and turned a disadvantage into an advantage. They showed you right then and there what greatness is. So now you've experienced it. Now you've seen it. Now you know what you want to get to. You want to get to that point. And the Celtics, granted, they had to go through losing in the NBA Finals to figure some things out, and they still haven't won in all the years they've been together. So they certainly aren't the blueprint to follow like a a dynasty that is guaranteed to win a championship. They're still looking for that first ring. But I, I asked Mike that question. I thought his response was fantastic. And the major takeaway from that response, which he went into detail about, when he was coaching LeBron in Cleveland and they were having a tough time figuring out how to, uh, how to stop a team. And LeBron stepped into the huddle and Mike stepped out and LeBron basically said, no, this is what we're doing. This is what we've been working on. Turned to his teammates and said, you, 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 and you go and do it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have an opportunity to, to ask a follow-up question, but my follow-up question would have been, is that supposed to be De'Aaron Fox that does that job? Mm-hmm. Is that where De'Aaron Fox is supposed to step up and go, you, 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 and you, this is what we're doing And if so, maybe Fox didn't do that last night, and maybe that's still how he has to grow. But ultimately, Mike's point was, we've seen it, we've experienced it, and we need internally, meaning the players, need to take accountability, and and it needs to come from within. Hmm. So I thought everything that he gave me in that answer was phenomenal from Mike. Hmm. I know, it it was, man. And it felt like there was was some things that he had on his mind that he wanted to get off his chest, not in a, uh, you know, aggressive type of way, mm-hmm. but just some things he saw. And it's like, he kept saying, like, until this is what we got to do, you know, whatever he was talking about at the time, this is what we got to do. We've talked about it as coaches. We've told them that this is what needs to be done. Until you actually do it on a consistent basis, we're going to have moments like this. That's kind of how it came across It's like, We've told them what we got to do and what's needed. It's not always clicking. When it clicks, these moments, these type of games will stop. If it doesn't click, we'll be going through this again in a week. That's how it came off to me. And to me, like you guys were just talking about it. Like I, I do think there is definitely a mental weakness with this team. There absolutely is. And I have high expectations for Friday, but Friday is not going to tell me what I need to know. Because the Kings are 3-0 and on first night of back-to-backs this season. And the Kings have proven, going back to last year and going back to Game 6 of the playoffs, that when after they lose badly, they can respond and win. This team knows how to overcome an ass-kicking. They've done it many times already this year. So that's not what we're looking for. It's, can you follow up a victory? Or can you follow up the first night of a back-to-back, regardless of who you're playing and what's happening, with a equal to better effort the second night. So really, I'm not going to see, I don't think we're going to see too much of what the Kings learned from last night's loss tomorrow night. We're going to see what the Kings learned from last night's loss on Saturday against the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm not saying Mm. I'm I'm taking tomorrow night's game and throwing it away because you're still taking on a really good Phoenix Suns team that has KD and they're looking for revenge and they're coming in to beat you on your home floor. So you got to handle your business then and don't take them lightly. But if the Kings win tomorrow night, I've seen that before. And I'll be happy about it. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen them follow that win up with another good performance and another win. Hell, just don't get your ass kicked mm-hmm. on, on Saturday night, which is what the pattern would tell you is going to happen. 
What was the bad moment? So I thought Keon Ellis, uh, and speaking of the mental weakness, I thought Keon Ellis did a really, really good job in his press conference as well. You just got wiped by the Boston Celtics on your home floor. And the first guy that comes out to face the podium and face questions is a two-way player who is at best a rotation player. He comes out. I asked him kind of a similar question to what I asked Mike is, hey, what do you learn? What do you take away from a Boston Celtics team that beat you on the second night of a back-to-back when you're struggling? And Keon, the first thing he said was, I think like it's I think it's a mental thing. Like I think we've got to close out quarters mm. better. I think we've got to start games better. He brought it up himself. We didn't ask that. And he said he ended the answer to my question with, I think tonight is on us. It's not on the Celtics beating us or it's not on the Celtics doing things and X's and O's and breaking down the film. He said, there's going to be things that we see that we obviously need to clean up, but I think tonight is on us. That is a two-way player who is saying this. No other Kings player came to the podium. Now, I don't blame Fox. I don't blame Sabonis, although I would have loved to have heard from one of the two of them. I blame the Kings. And, and But we don't need to go into the, the PR team or anything, too, because for the most part, they do a fantastic job, and, and that's whatever. But we want to talk about mental weakness. You just got destroyed, and the player that you send out to answer for it is a two-way guy? The player that you send out to answer for is a guy that's just trying to earn his spot in the rotation, but we don't see a single starter. We don't see a single veteran. We don't see a guy, uh, any of the guys that are supposed to be leaders of this team. Now, they open up the locker room afterwards, but at that point, we were told, like, hey, pretty much everybody's gone, and I think the only ones that were available in the locker room were Trey Lyles, and I didn't see anybody else. I didn't go into the locker room. I never have time to because of TV duties. Mm-hmm. But I thought as good as what Mike said, and as great of what Keon Ellis did, and I, again, full props to Keon. He did a phenomenal job facing that music as a two-way guy. I thought shame on whether it was King's players, King's organization, regardless, shame on you for not sending someone out to, this is Sacramento media. We're throwing softballs at you. We're not New York media where we're looking to blame somebody. We're going to ask you what happened, what went wrong, and and how can you fix it? Not, hey, this is your fault. So, the fact that nobody came out to talk about it after that loss, I think it's pretty, I, I thought it was pretty telling or pretty concerning. I always, um, I always wonder why those things happen. I, I'll, I'll never really understand. Maybe I don't have to deal with it on a daily basis. And if I did, I'd be just as irritated, but I don't know why um, these athletes don't like talking to the media. Well, and can I say full transparency too? If I just got my butt kicked that bad, I wouldn't want to talk either, especially if I'm De'Aaron Fox on my freaking birthday. So I don't necessarily blame the players for not wanting to do it. But at that point, it's somebody's job. Somebody needs to face that. And it can't just be, if it was no Kings players, that almost would have been better than sending the two-way guy out to do it. Hmm. Like Keon had the stones to step up and answer questions and face that. Nobody else did. No established member of that roster did. That's the part that bothers me. I want to, and, 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 and I understand, and I don't have to deal with the frustrations that Matt and, and, and James and, and Sean and you guys have to when it comes to covering, covering this team. I do want to be, I, I do want to, like, Keon has become a, I think you said this a second ago, he's a rotational player. Like, he, he, is. he is, by 
categorization, a two-way player. Mm -hmm. But he's not a guy who sits on the end of the bench. Like he's an important part of what they do. I I don't I, I'm I'm not trying to like minimize like your guys' no, frustration because right. I completely understand. I just want to make sure we're not degrading like Keon. Mm -hmm. Like sure. Keon is 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 out there working. The fact that he's the only player that went out there uh, is probably a, a a slightly bigger issue. Well, and to especially build on for that you point, guys. To build on that point, Dilo, I said I mentioned that he's a two way player as almost a term of endearment. Mm -hmm. Like, here's this guy that is trying to to carve out his spot in the league and seems to have done so, but he's the one facing the mu music and handling it as professionally as he did. And he might have gave you the most honest answer you were going to get. Absolutely, which is, which is good in that sense. But it's not just like a media standpoint of, hey, I deserve to talk to a star after that kind of loss. Because there are media members like that, and I'm, I, that's not what I'm trying to be. And if it comes off that way, it, it, that's not my intention. To me, if I'm a fan, if I'm anybody, I want to hear from someone who I know is an, a, a part of this core, a part of this group. I don't just want to hear from them after wins, although I enjoy that a lot more. I want to hear from someone talk to me about what went wrong or what they're going to fix not just someone who is a, a rotational player who's who's trying to earn a consistent NBA spot. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand that. Like I said, I just I just never understand that aspect of, of being a professional athlete, especially, I was talking to Jesse about it earlier, especially when, like, to for lack of a better term, you get away with just saying whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm just throwing a name out mm -hmm. there. Malik Monk could have went up there and just, hey, what happened tonight? Man, you know. Got our butts kicked. Uh, we didn't bring the intensity, and, you know, they, they just outworked us today. Oh, okay, well, wh what do you guys do in the huddle to kind of fix that? Well, you know, we got to communicate and um, make sure everybody's on the same page. And that's, that's all you got to do. Like You can use those answers virtually for any Every question. time. And this, you know, something like this isn't even an issue. You know what I mean? So I don't – I just never understand it. I just don't. Question in the chatty house, Brando asks, does this happen often? No, it does not. No, it does not. Like, the, the Kings typically do a fantastic job. The joke used to be that this was Harrison Barnes's job. No, like, that's facts. For years, Harrison yeah. Barnes was, oh, the Kings just got wiped. Okay, put Harrison Barnes out 20 there. 20-plus point losses. Harrison's got to go to the podium. <laughs> and everybody remembers Do-Rag De'Aaron for a time oh, when he was out man. there not, yeah, not looking happy tough. for, what a, for a long tough. time. So. For the most part, no, this does not happen. And in reality, it's really not that big of a deal. But on a day where we're talking about mental toughness, I think that's just another piece of the puzzle. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's, it's, a, it's a small sign of your mental makeup as a team, I, I think. Do you think this team's mentally – Soft. Yeah, I was going to say weak, yeah, but that felt harsh. Yeah, yeah. Is, is this team mentally soft? In certain aspects, yes. I mean, that's that's what we can point to, and that's been brought up by Mike. Uh, I mean, we think about what we've talked about in in after blowout losses so far this season, especially on second night of a back-to-back. -back. The most recent one, when the Kings were beaten down in Los Angeles to the Clippers. What did Mike Brown say after the game? We didn't have enough fight tonight. Think about the Los Angeles Clippers loss in Sacramento after that tremendous win without Fox over Oklahoma City. What was the message in the locker or the, the post-game press conference was, man, we just we just were emotionally exhausted after that great effort the night before. Like that, this is what they're talking about. This is what they're saying. But again, I've seen this team be mentally strong enough to respond from bad losses. I've seen them be mentally strong enough to go into Chase Center where the Golden State Warriors were really good last year and win a must-win game to force Game 7. So I've seen this team be mentally strong in certain aspects, but where they're mentally weak is rallying when they're put under 
some some significant pressure or they're they're put under um or that i'm looking for that i'm not finding but adversity, but essentially in game in game yeah in game adversity absolutely well said kenny like when this team starts to when it starts to unravel it unravels and this team does and mike brown like mike brown used all but one timeout he had one timeout remaining with at the end of the third quarter guys mm-hmm. so he's calling timeouts left and right right this ship and there were times where he was yelling at the bench fox 40s sean cunningham posted an excellent of mike ripping into the bench including malik monk he is not afraid to yell and scream when he has to to get his point across but what mike is saying is it has to come from within too mm-hmm. mike did his part six different timeouts in three quarters to try freaking group mm-hmm. and he couldn't he couldn't get the message across so that's where whether it's fox onus monk whoever the hell veil i don't know some that's where it needs to come the, the lebron of this is what we do we're gonna do it let's take some freaking pride that's the mental weakness that i see with this team still this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich, the step back three, you bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Do you, um, do you think that this is a team, this group, this of of kind of, working through this and and, um, and being a different team. And I only ask because I think that this is going to be a different team in February than they are today, not personnel-wise, but just they'll work through these things. Like we won't have these same discussions um, come February. Do you think they're – do you have the same confidence that I do that they'll work through this kind of stuff? Or do is there a need, does there need to be a shake point? Wholeheartedly, Kenny, I do. I do. I, I expect this team to respond. They've they've given us every reason to believe to this point, plus the, the with the impact that Mike Brown has had on this roster, the change of the culture that we've witnessed in front of our very eyes over the last couple of years. I absolutely do. Also, I do because I think it's going to have to come from the core, and we know this core isn't going anywhere. So if there's a shakeup, you're trying to add to the core, right? Everybody's talking about King's got to make a move. King's got to make a move. Go get OG. Go get Zach Levine. Go add a, another piece to this group but what mike is saying is it's got to come from the group mm-hmm. right it's got to come from De'Aaron, sabonis keegan if that's your big three you want to add malik monk to that to make it a four it's got to come from them so 
it has to, to answer your question, Kenny, like it has to work. They have to figure it out because they're, Monty's not going to go and get guys in, in a trade at the trade deadline in the trade market or even this off season that are going to come in and change that culture for you. You might bring in guys to help with that. JaVale has come in and, and during training camp, JaVale was a very vocal leader. Remember when Tristan Thompson was also a vocal leader during training camp too? What good does that freaking do? Casey's guy. guy. You got to get, it's got to be from the core. It's got to be. So yes, I do believe this team will absolutely figure this out and overcome it. And it starts with them learning the lesson that I think they needed to learn last night. What are the, like, what are your expectations for this team? I think where the Kings are in the standings is very accurate to who they are, which is they are a top 10 NBA team. They are firmly planted in the playoff picture in, in the West. I think they're definitely a not, I think they're definitely a top six team. Now it's definitely possible with God forbid injuries or anything that happens that, that they could become a play in team. But I think if this team as is, this team is a firmly established playoff team in the Western conference. The reaction that I wholeheartedly disagree with that I saw a lot last night was this Kings team has not gotten any better. This Kings team is going to be a first round playoff exit again. Mm. I completely disagree with that because this version of De'Aaron Fox is good enough to win you a playoff series. You add in a DeMondis Sabonis who we should absolutely all expect to play better than he did during the Golden State Warriors series. You add in Keegan Murray in year two now is very clearly the best defender on this team. And you add in just something more from Herter and Barnes than what you got in the playoffs last year. Plus Malik Monk playing like a sixth man of the year and maybe the addition of Sasha or Duarte or whoever the hell you want. Keon Ellis off the bench, whoever it is like this team is more than good enough to win a playoff series, guys. Hmm. That's why I think this is what the Kings are going to roll with. I really genuinely do. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't think Monty's going to look for upgrades in the trade market. I just don't see realistically how they get the pieces that fans are wanting or the pieces that this team needs to insert contendership conversation, right? I just don't think they're, they're getting that this year. I think you roll in with what you got into the playoffs. This team's good enough to make it out of a first round playoff series give or take the matchup. You're probably not feeling too good if it's you versus the Pelicans in a best of seven at this point, but who knows? <laughs> yeah. KC feels fine. Regardless, like if, if there's matchup concerns either way, like I think you're just fine rolling into the playoffs. I think you win a playoff series with this group. I think you, you probably put up a good fight in a second series. Maybe you win it. Maybe you don't. And you go back to the drawing board this summer, you evaluate Herder, you evaluate Monk, you evaluate, Everything around your core that you know you have here, which is Fox and Sabonis and probably Murray at that point. And that's where if you've got to make swings, you have the context of two playoff series now under your belt. That's where you make your swings. That's what I think is going to happen. The money, the money's a factor. Yes. Money was a factor. Let me ask you both this. I think I know how you'll respond. I'm pretty confident I know how you'll respond. Matt, I, I'm, I'm going to ask Matt directly because I, f- I feel like I know your answer. And I want to know Kenny's You, you can respond. <laughs> this money works. Work, start, let's start there. Yep. Are things different if it's not Harrison Barnes who signs that contract, but it's Dylan Brooks? <laughs> yes. In I a positive so. way. In a positive way. I think, I mean, I and I, I give Dylan Brooks full credit with Casey got a Dylan Brooks jersey. He just doesn't wear it, but he's got one. He doesn't know we know, but he's got one. 
I'm not the biggest fan of Dylan Brooks, but I can't argue with what I've seen, the cult, how he's changed the culture in Houston. And, and I, I believe, to some extent, I believe Dylan Brooks in Sacramento is not letting the Boston Celtics get away with everything they got away with last night. Maybe it's he does something stupid, which is very possible. We don't know. And he's, he's had issues and, and stuff like that in the past. I also don't know how much I like Dylan Brooks as, as part of this Kings group, but if they accepted him, who the hell am I to say anything? But yeah, I do think Dylan Brooks makes more of a positive impact on the Sacramento Kings short term than Harrison Barnes does, at least on the floor. Behind the scenes where Harrison is very well loved and Dylan Brooks, who the hell knows? Couldn't answer that question. I feel like you want to love or you want to win. Oh, that's right. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. You can yeah. love Harrison in a Houston uniform. Yeah. You can love Harrison anywhere in the yeah. world. And I don't yeah. mean to pick on Harrison. I'm, I used Harrison as an example. because That's right. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I, hell yeah. I, I advocated for Dylan Brooks uh, this offseason. I didn't advocate for him as a starter. You know, I was like, oh, yeah. oh I, didn't, I didn't see him making $20 million a year. Yeah. But I was like, oh, you bring him in, you know, uh, cheap deal, coming off the bench, whatever the case may be. Um, when it's bad with Dylan Brooks, it looks really, really bad. Like, mm-hmm. his shooting, um, he just looks lost on defense. Like, when it's bad, it's nasty. It is was the, nasty in those playoffs. The biggest problem with Dylan Brooks is that a team – like, because with Harrison, you at least have to defend him. Mm-hmm. even if Harrison's not shooting or isn't making shots. With Dylan, there could be a point where you just don't have to. Yeah, there could be. And that's what I mean. When it's when it's bad with him, it is awful. Bad, yeah. But I don't know. I, I didn't see every game, so I don't know. Um, I don't know how often it gets that bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think a lot of the times it's, it's kind of even-keeled. Sometimes he goes up and it's like balling. And I think that's where it's at most of the time. It's just we're all on notice. It feels like we're all on notice when it's, like, really, really bad. But I think, yeah, he absolutely would help this team in in, in a positive light. Dylan Brooks has played nine games in December, guys. Eight of them have been double figures. One of them was a two-point game. In the month of December, he's shooting 39% from three-point range on six attempts per game. Mm. He's shooting 48% from the field on 12 attempts per game. You can plug those numbers for the most part. Maybe he doesn't get 12 attempts per game in Sacramento, but – the, the floor spacing and the mount that the Kings like to shoot, I have, a, I have a good feeling Dylan could take six threes per game without too much issue here in Sacramento. So offensively, if I can hope as best as I can to copy and paste those numbers over, he's giving you offensive impact, and we know what he does on the defensive end, and we know what he does culture-wise. So How many like, rebounds do you get at night? Uh, right now, he's averaging 3.8 rebounds in, in December. It was 3.5 in March, or Jesus, a, November. Um, for the season, it's uh, 3.6. Harrison's 3.2 in December. 10 points per game. 46% from three. And Harrison's offensive 50% input has... The field. Harrison's offensive input, for the most part, during this homestand, and, and for the most part in December, has been pretty good. I've been ha- pretty happy with what Harrison has been providing the Kings, at least during wins. But I mean, last night's certainly not Harrison Barnes' fault. No, 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 but, no, 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 not at all. Just to clear that up, Harrison, Harrison, and Harrison in particular will be always be the guy who's talked about being moved, mm-hmm. and you yeah. knew that the second the contract was signed, is well, what is it, December fifteenth? 
December 29th. ninth. All right. Yeah. December yeah. 29th it is. Yeah. I then, remember the discussions the day that was signed was that contract is movable. <laughs> that's, that's it. And like, that's just, it's a, <laughs> that contract's tradable. It's a bit of a disservice to Harrison, but it's also like Harrison fits on just about any basketball team like out there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the question becomes is like, are you really getting better if you trade him? And you must have a glaring weakness somewhere if that's the case. Uh, but Dylan Brooks is the one that comes to mind because it seems like he's performing a little bit better than people expected him to in Houston. Right. Mm-hmm. People, uh, I was I was listening to some last night, um, and they were talking about, you know, December 15th. And, you know, trade talk is ramping up because trade season is here. Yeah, and I guess, like, Bobby Marks had a tweet the other day that was like, there's been one December trade in the last three years. <laughs> <laughs> like, trade season is here. These trades never happen. We Bobby, just start talking about them. Bobby Loki pissed me off this morning. What did Bobby Bo- do? Bobby, now I know Bobby's Bobby's a Kings guy. Mm-hmm. He's our guy. It's just, it's so dumb. But he was talking about tradable assets that uh-huh. Sacramento. He did. He wrote a lengthy every team in the league. That stuff Bobby does right. And there was Herder and Barnes, and Keegan Murray. I was like, no one told him. No, you just didn't get the memo. I should have told. We should do. Jesse, text Bobby Marks and tell him, hey, you got to take Keegan Murray out of your. Yeah, got to take him out of your write up. He's not a movable asset. No, he's not a movable asset. He's he's next to Domas and 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 De'Aaron. Once again, I mean, we're talking about seven guys in the league that we're moving Keegan for. You guys uh, talk at all about our 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 good friend KOC today? (laughs) Yeah, a lot of clown. We did. I mean. We just called him, you know, one of the several basketball nerds that like to talk about the Sacramento Kings, despite they have little understanding. And in this, Matt, the gist of it, it was a pretty lengthy conversation with multiple layers to it. But the gist of it was, as Kings fans, and as people who listen to D'Lo and KC and Locked On Kings and 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 consume Kings content at a at a rapid base, and shout out to everybody who's posted, uh, you know, their Spotify raps and their podcast raps, and it just shows different versions of King's content. Like that's, that's dope. Like, but when you read stuff from guys like Harper and O'Connor, you were like, that's wrong. Mm. Remember that the next time you read them, read something they wrote about Orlando or Phoenix or or a team that you don't know as much about. Remember what they wrote about your team and how off they were and understand that the assessment that they're probably giving on this other team is equally as wrong. And it's not just that it's wrong, it's cherry picking. Like that that's what I think frustrates me the most out of of what some of the commentary that I see around the Sacramento Kings is it can like Kings on a three game win streak over the over the this homestand. They've won the last four straight at home. They've beaten Denver once, they've beaten the Lakers twice, they've beaten some of your darlings, the Oklahoma City Thunder, yeah. they beat twice, one with Fox, one without. Like all these games where Sacramento has proven something. Demonta Sabonis has a triple double. Who's against the Wizards or crickets? Nothing. Crickets. As yeah. Soon as, as soon as the Kings are losing a game, Demonte Sabonis is too small. Demonte Sabonis is underrated. This, 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 like it's just cherry picking. And D'Lo, you and I discussed this a lot this morning. On uh, as soon as D'Lo and KC's over, five or six o'clock tonight, an episode of uh, Locked On Kings drops. D'Lo and I talking about the MVP conversation around De'Aaron Fox and how the goalposts just continue to move because of it being here in Sacramento. So it's it's not so much about people being wrong. Half the time, I expect them to be wrong about the Sacramento Kings. It's 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 I'm 
wrong about teams that outside of the Sacramento market all the time. I'm just basing it off of assumptions and low hanging fruit and and watching them one or two times a year when the Kings play them. Right. But, but the diff, you know what the difference is though? You're not an NBA writer. You don't cover the league. You cover the Sacramento Kings. Mm -hmm. That's true. These guys frame themselves as NBA writers. That's the problem. If you want to cover if if you want to create a category where it's, we cover the Lakers and whatever team Kevin Durant's on, Mm -hmm. and then the hot team in the East, Mm -hmm. great. Do that. But don't tell me you're an NBA writer because you're not. I ain't see you here. (laughs) Right. I saw Mark. Mark Spears is here. Mark's an NBA writer. Mark Spears was here. Mark Mm -hmm. Spears was in New Orleans Mm -hmm. when when Ja returned. Mm -hmm. I see. You see Mark make sure you know he's in Mm -hmm. these streets. Mm -hmm. He covers this league. Kevin O'Connor ain't here. Kevin, Kevin, and if his ass even thinks that, about he coming in, trick, trick list he better check. Point. He better check in. Yeah, you better check in. Just because you're friendly with Deuce and Mo doesn't mean yeah. you got admittance you, you, into this. You better city. check in. Hey, if Deuce and Mo are checking you as a, as a friend, you know, you know, maybe you're you're doing a little too much. Sure, ass ass. It's, it's, you know what it was, Matt. Like I said, it's just um, you know, in my opinion, the guy showing this as just an atten- attention sinking type of guy. That's all it is. He wants attention. I can't. That's that's cool. If that's you want to what you want to do. That's whatever. But I don't I don't take you seriously as a journalist or analyst or whatever it is that you're you're trying to be. You're attempting to be because it's not what you're saying necessarily. It's how you're going about it. How you're going about it, just for trying to get clicks and trying to get attention. You know, there's no there's no real thought into it. And like I said. Somebody else was bringing this out here, and I I agree. He's you can have. You, it feels like he's one of those guys that has all the answers with no solutions. If that makes any sense, sure. like this is yeah, what yeah. they should do. All right, how we get there? Well, I don't know. Well, okay. Well, specifically, who should it be? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I just know this is what you need to do. All right, thank you Thanks for nothing. For your help, yeah. <laughs> thank you for nothing, and that's the guy. He's, he seems to be. He always tells somebody what they should be doing without mentioning realistic ways of getting there. I thought De'Aaron's tweet, which was responding to, I think, Kevin's co-host on his podcast, uh, which is consistency is now a bad thing. Or he goes, new, uh, new take, consistency is bad. Talking about yeah. how DeMontis Sabonis has had the same numbers over the past, past five years as if he's not putting up numbers as a center second to only a two-time MVP. Hmm. So, Hey, I mean, in reality too, are there better options at center in the league than, than Demondis Savonis? Absolutely. Are they acquirable? Absolutely not. And any team in the league, if you took Demondis Savonis's name and picture out of it and you approach them and you read to them what Demondis Savonis gives you on a nightly basis, Every general manager, even with a starting caliber center already on their roster, would say, yeah, I wouldn't mind having some more of that. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the league would love to have what DeMondis Sabonis gives you. Everybody in the league would love to have what De'Aaron Fox gives you. Mm-hmm. This is why, whether you want to call it whining or complaining, if you're not in Sacramento, if you're here visiting the D'Lo and KC show, whatever it is, if you want to say, man, Kings fans whine about the Sacramento perspective and, and and they don't like us because we're Kings fans. They don't like us because we're Sacramento, whatever, whatever, whatever. There's a, there's merit to that frustration from fans mm-hmm. because when a player wears their Jersey, 
it's different than when that player goes and dons an Indiana Pacers jersey, for example. Mm -hmm. And and I'm using Tyrese as an example because Tyrese was very loved here in Sacramento. Tyrese drew a lot of attention with how well he played his rookie season. Tyrese wasn't a superstar that the Kings were stupid and any team would be stupid to trade until the second he got traded. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, as now that he's no longer a Sacramento King, the Kings were foolish to get rid of him. Why? Because he actually wanted to stay in Sacramento. Only one. As if everybody else on this roster is begging for a ticket out. It's silly. You know know what? In in such a, I think we mentioned this earlier, such a great like, like stamp to that. Like, no, it's real. This isn't make believe. They ain't talking about Keegan Murray. Look at what Keegan. Look, first of all, look at what Keegan Murray did in his first year. Mm-hmm. Now look what he's doing in his second. Nothing. Yo, oh, he's not the greatest if, player ever yet. He's got to be imagine, traded to be the greatest player ever. Imagine if the Kings trade ke- traded Keegan to. This is never going to happen. Imagine they trade him to Toronto for a package including Pascal Siakam. <laughs> imagine the headlines. The Kings <laughs> just gave mm-hmm. the. The Toronto Raptors, one of the best young wings in the league to pair with mm-hmm. Scotty Barnes. The Raptors are set for life. The Kings are idiots. Yep. The, That's exactly what it would be. Yeah. The the thing about it is Kings would be idiots for doing so, that. But of yes, course, as would, you 100%. said, they would never do that. So, some 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 people may call it whining or whatever the case may be. There ain't no whining going on over here. All we're doing is we remember what you said. Mm-hmm. We remember the energy you had. We're asking you, why is it different? And here, here's the other thing that maybe guys, uh, people can't do on Twitter that we all have the ability to do. And guys like uh, Kevin O'Collin uh, show, show their ass about. Um, we asked you to come talk about your, your side of the story. Mm-hmm. We want to know. I disagree with you, but I, I, it ain't personal. I want to hear your POV. I want to hear what you got to say. Crickets. Don't want to come on. Somebody ask uh, uh, Kevin O'Collin if he want to come on. And he, he he don't do that. No, he doesn't. Yeah. That's why you're calling him Kevin O'Conlon. <laughs> Just we ain't even going to call him by his name no more. That's fine. I was calling him the basketball player. You just changed his name. That's fine. The hell with him. <laughs> I was trying to get my no. Mayweather on because he calls Oscar De La Hoya Oscar De La Hoya. Why do you think I'm going to get all these boxing references? Why do you always do this? I genuinely thought he screwed it up. I was like, wait a minute. He did it twice? I'm just too nice because I didn't, I didn't want to correct him. Now, Kevin O'Conn, man, is funny. <laughs> Kevin O'Conn, man, that's no, that, funny. That's man. more of a joke. You got to just get his name wrong. Like, you don't really care about him. Like, Kevin O'Conn. Kevin O'Connell doesn't know what he's talking about. You throw boxing references at <laughs> no, me. Like, you just know I'm Floyd, not going to get Floyd him. always says, yeah, I remember when I fought Oscar De La Hoy. <laughs> Matt, you and said. He called, him, he called on the dude Telefimo Lopez. <laughs> Matt, you said the, uh, <laughs> the new podcast drops at 6. Podcast drops at 6 featuring... <laughs> Damian me Ball. it's a very good yeah. podcast I'm i know i did out. it i was there i'm checking it out it's very nice you didn't so yell at me i was excited i, I, don't, <laughs> I don't yell at you anymore oh come on no come and, on man i gave you a huge hug like we we embrace with love <laughs> i haven't yelled at you in years damien was dressed like the fall streets of sacramento last night though he looked like a, a walk mm. down doco with leaves on the ground but it looked good 
why was everybody shooting at my man Tilo yesterday? Yeah, I didn't. I'm one of those shoot. I liked it. It looked good. You you said fall. You you spoke fall to me. I was ready to have Thanksgiving with you. No, I, yeah. Why shooting at my man? You look yeah, good. No, hey, only no. one of us on this show has ever gotten a compliment about their fit from Malik Monk. Only one of us. And that is about as big of an endorsement as you can get because Malik probably has the best fashion sense in this city. That's a solid endorsement. I do appreciate the local guy and all the people who asked me if I bought the $600 jacket yet. Oh, that's what we're waiting for. I wanted it so bad. That See, when was D- nasty. When Delo's courtside, he gets compliments from Malik Monk. When I'm courtside, I get hit by a ball from That was, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but like 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 Biederman said, that was a 9 out of 10 dap. Like, you turned He's, around. That was, that was good. Duarte's, <laughs> that was good. Duarte's a cool cat, man, because we're in the way. I'm standing on the baseline. They're warming up. I'm the, I'm in their way with a camera. Like, get the hell out of my way. But yeah. Duarte's nice enough to go, hey, my bad, man. I'm just doing my job here while you're in my freaking way. Get off the court. Yeah, it was a bad, it was a bad night. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Time. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. oh Actually, okay. I... You know what? We're done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.